Welcome everyone to our After the Sermon podcast. Uh, this is our opportunity to dig into what we preached on Sunday morning and ask some more questions and go deeper than, than just the, the sermon time and worship allows us. I'm Pastor Sue Collar, and I've missed being here for a few weeks while I was on vacation. Uh, Nancy, you held down the Fort Well talking to Kara Hillhouse the uh, few weeks I was gone, but I'm excited to be back and have this conversation with you again. Oh, and we are so delighted that you're back. And for our listeners, if you ever have any questions for Sue, just bring them on. You can just send us an email at First Presbyterian Church. So, Sue. Yes. Okay, your sermon. It really, it was like like the light bulbs were going off. So I've got I've got three questions for you. Okay. Um, you talk about what it means to be Christian and my takeaway is that what it means to be Christian is that we are using Jesus's life as an example of how to live our life. And it's rooted in his, his way of being that included like love of self and others, forgiveness, right? And, and kind of the scenes being part of a community, like being, being all, being part of not separate then. So is that true? Is that what it means to be a Christian? I think so. Um, it's, it's more than just being nice people. Um, one of the things that, um, I've struggled with over the years is when people ask me, well, why, why should I be a Christian? Or they could say, I can give, this is the other thing I hear. I can live a good life without being a Christian. And Absolutely. You can lead a wonderful life without being a Christian. You can be a, a, a wonderful contributor, a contributor to our society. You can love others. You can help others. Um, yes, you can be an awesome person without being a Christian. But there is something about being a Christian that sets us apart. And yes, it is following Jesus' example. But we don't want to water down Jesus' life to just saying he healed the sick or he released people's burdens from the, the weight of the religious rules that they lived under. Jesus' whole life really was centered on this idea of forgiveness. And it is, I, I think for him, it's what love looks like. Um, you know, we talk about what love looks like is helping others and being kind to others, and it is that. But ultimately in Jesus' life, we think about the cross, and the symbolism of the cross, Jesus died for our sins. And I can talk more about that in a minute if you want. But what that means is that for Jesus, love looks like going to the cross. It looks like not holding our sins against us, but willing to die in spite of them. I, probably, I didn't say that as well as kind of it is in my head, but... Um, but Jesus is about forgiveness. On the cross, he said, you know, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. How often should that be said about us? We don't know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so so for Jesus, it's about it's about forgiveness and reconciliation. And that's what love looks like. So we talk about sin and forgiveness. And Kara, one of her sermons while you were on vacation was was around that too. And she talked about um, when we sin, it's when we've missed the mark. Mm -hmm. When we weren't 
operating kind of in alignment with our divinity, our true self, our God, our our God particle or yeah. whatever. Um, and that couple that with forgiveness, we kind of need to forgive ourselves, you know, when we've missed the mark. Right. And, yeah. and so talk about kind of that relationship between sin and forgiveness. And I think self forgiveness of self. Yeah. Um, we sometimes find it easier to forgive others than we find it for, to forgive ourselves. Um, I think a lot of us have built barriers around ourselves to protect us from our own awareness of sin. Uh, it's a lot easier for me to see the sin in you than to acknowledge the sin in me. And so um, forgiving ourselves, is it's kind of impossible if we aren't willing to recognize that we might need it. Uh, and yet we do need it. Uh, the Apostle Paul said, you know, we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And that's a glory of God within us as well as without. And in, in 1 John, it says, um, you know, anyone who says they don't sin is deceiving themselves. And we're really good at deceiving ourselves. And that's one reason in our um, worship services, we have a prayer of confession. And sometimes I call it a confession of sin. Sometimes I call it a, an acknowledgement of brokenness. I use different language for that. But the idea is this is a safe place for us to take down those barriers we have built and truly see ourselves for how we are and truly be honest about that. Um, in an ideal world, uh, the church is the no judgment zone. Um, we really shouldn't be judging others for their sins because we've probably done worse things than that person sitting next to us. Uh, we just don't want to acknowledge it. And we don't want to see it. So, you know, we, we find all sorts of excuses to blame others for things that happen or even blame others for things we do that we know aren't right. Uh, you know, we, we put these blinders on. Um, but we're never going to grow. We're never going to be healthy if we can't see ourselves as we really are. And so in worship, we have that opportunity. I One of the things that we say when I do my prayer of confession is um, recognizing that, you know, I can't list everybody's sins there. It'll be way too long. Um, and your sin may be different from mine. Is You know, I, I talk about it in general terms, but I always say, read through this, pray through this, and consider how it echoes in your life. You know, what is where does it resonate with where you've been struggling and where you have missed that mark? And then you hear a word of forgiveness that says, those moments when you miss do not define who you are. You are a beloved child of God, no matter what you've done. You are loved, you are valued, you are treasured, you are called, you have a purpose in life. God is still working through you in spite of everything you've done that hasn't been perfect. And so in worship, we try to have that one moment where we say, you may put blinders on all the rest of the week, but for this one hour, you can be real mm -hmm. and you could know you are loved mm -hmm. in spite and even because of that. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, forgiving ourselves is hard. Uh, we often carry shame 
about the things we've done, which is one reason we put those blinders on. It's no one, shame doesn't feel good. And so we try to hide that even from ourselves. Um, but we're never going to be healthy. We're never going to be whole. We're never going to really know what joy is if, if we're carrying that shame and we're hiding those things. So what you just shared leads me to ask this other question. Um, you know, when we, when we need to forgive others, right? Maybe not forget what they've done, but forgive. And this whole notion of reconciliation, right? The community is important. Um, what do you think about this notion that, that the other person is really just a mirror reflecting me back to myself? If we're all part of the same, right? We're all, if, if, if the original sin was our belief that we're separate from anyone and anything else, then, then that when some, when somebody is behaving or doing or being a certain way that we are judging or criticizing, is that really just a, a mirror for us to say, I need to forgive that in them so I can forgive that same thing in me? I, I think it can be. Um, I don't think it necessarily always is, but I, I think, I think it can be. I've, I've heard and I've, I think I've recognized this in my own life a little bit that, you know, if there's someone that just really, really annoys me, we're probably a lot alike. <laughs> um, but I don't want to see that in myself. Uh, but if I, I have learned that, um, that if someone really annoys me to say, what about them is, what is, what is that triggering in me? And perhaps there's something in me that resonates with that and that I need to change. Um, so I do think there's something for that. Um, but you, as you also mentioned, you know, the community and reconciliation uh, is, is important. So, you know, maybe, maybe I'm, that person is not a mirror to me. Um, maybe whatever's happened is, is unique to who they are and not me we're called still to be in relationship in spite of those things. Um, you know, we talk about forgiveness as being, you know, I talk about forgiveness as kind of the foundation of Christianity, but I really should say reconciliation is, which is not possible without forgiveness. So mm -hmm. when I, I'm, I have that person in front of me who is annoying me or they've hurt me or, or maybe I've hurt them. The goal is how do we come back together? As you said, we're one, you know, and, and the original sin really is that false belief that says, I am my own person. I'm not, I don't have to be connected to anybody else. Well, we are connected. And so forgiveness is about reconciliation. It's not just saying, I need to let go of that so I could move on. It's saying, my relationship with this other person is more important than this bad moment between us because God has created us to be in community with each other. And so then how do we, how do we move forward with that? And how do we learn to forgive so that we can be reconciled? Not always possible. We can only do our part. The other person gets to choose whether or not they want to do their part. But I think we're called to at least open that door 
and in opening the door, we'll probably will learn some things about ourselves. Remember, it's about how does forgiveness and the resulting reconciliation that can come from forgiveness of self and others, how, how is that in relationship to creating healthy boundaries? Yes. So boundaries are important. Part of it is, is that I can only go so far. I cannot make that other person want to be in a relationship with me. I cannot make that other person either ask for forgiveness or give forgiveness. Um, So part of those healthy boundaries is I can only go so far. Uh, But the other part of those healthy boundaries is that forgiveness doesn't mean you have to be a doormat for someone to walk over. Uh, Forgiveness is not about saying it doesn't matter what that person did or what I did. It's not about saying, I'm just going to forget it and pretend like it never happened. Uh, it did happen. So forgiveness takes that seriously. And it also means that I'm not going to just, forgiving doesn't mean I'm just going to say, it doesn't matter. Oh, you could do it again to me 70 times, seven times. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's like if someone has a, you know, has hurt you over and over and over again, you may say, you are still more important to me than these things you've done to me, but it doesn't mean I need to put myself in that same position to allow you to hurt me again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what what you're saying, how I kind of translate it is, um, sometimes I need to just forgive myself for putting myself in that situation time and time again. Right. And that the reconciliation is really one within me to say, I need to get back into alignment, Mm -hmm. you know, with who I really am and operating from that place. Yeah. I, I think that that really does tie in well to healthy boundaries. Um, because again, it recognizes that, I can only change myself. Yes. I can't change that other person. And I think of uh, especially women that find themselves in multiple abusive relationships that they need to learn something about themselves. What is about themselves that has them either choosing those relationships or putting themselves in a place where they end up there? Um, so what are they learning about themselves so they can create those healthy boundaries. Now, sometimes there's a price to pay for pay for making those healthy boundaries. And we just have to recognize that and ask ourselves, is that price, are we willing to pay that? Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of that really is recognizing I can only change myself. I can only make my choices for me. The other person has the right and responsibility to do that for themselves. Mm-hmm. But I really think that except in those cases where there's, you know, mental illness involved or, or really true abuse. Uh, I think that the goal still is reconciliation with that other person, because I keep going back to, we are made to be part of a community. We are made to be in relationship with each other. We were not created to be our own individual and to just care about ourselves. And so again, that's what makes us Christian, that's what sets 
us apart from just being an organization that does good deeds. How do we as a church teach people how to do this? How do we love them when they're struggling with it? How do we support them uh, when they need that support to set those healthy boundaries? And I think that's a unique thing that the church has to offer what it means to be Christian. Wow. And don't you just want to sit down with Jesus at some point and say, did you really expect a religion to be made? <laughs> of course, I look at it this way. I mean, really, who, who? That's, that's an interesting, you know, choice. So, so here's, here's my thought on that. We all know Jesus did not come to start a religion. He came to teach us how to live with each other and how to live with God. The religion that we created really is, and it started out this way and really should be in our local churches, the community that's helping us learn how to do that and supporting us because it's not easy. It's not easy to do alone. So that's my thought on that. I love that. And what a great way to end this, this, this time with you. I'm always grateful for my time with you, Sue. Thank you for answering my questions. And really, if anybody is listening and you've got questions, please send us, um, please send them our way. Yes. And uh, I should have done it this time, but I could put it on for next time. We'll put the uh, email address at the bottom uh, that if you have some questions, send them to us. I realize this only works for those of you on the, uh, on watching on YouTube, for those of you on the podcast, send it to info, I-N-F-O at fpclincoln.org. That will get to me. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll have a podcast that's just focused on answering the questions that come in. Thanks everyone. Thank you so much, Nancy. Thank you, Sue. Okay. Thanks for joining us at First Presbyterian Church, where faith is nurtured, curiosity encouraged, diversity welcomed, and all are loved. Find out more about us at fpclincoln.org.